0: Greetings, cyberspace, and welcome to episode one sixty nine, nice of the Double Density Podcast with your host Brian and Angelo. Double Density is your home to tick tales and paranormal primers. Now, first things first, Angelo, you and I both shared physical space together. I'm laughing because
1: I wasn't expecting the uh, sixty nine joke from you. I had to.
0: I my friend, I had to. It only comes up once every hundred episodes, right? So it's
1: true. True. Yeah, we saw each other in person.
0: That's right. So I, you were nice enough to um, uh, get some headphones. Uh, for me, uh, from Costco because I was thinking about getting some. Um, anyways, and it,
1: you were nice enough to to pick them up, and I paid you, and we hung out. It was nice. Yeah, uh, as a suburban dad, we have uh, a Costco membership, like all good suburban families have. <laughs> 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 and uh, yeah, I'd seen them. I think they were like hundred bucks, hundred twenty dollars off for you. So almost two hundred. Yeah. Yeah. So. so yeah, depending on where you bought them, I think Best Buy and Amazon had them at. Almost four hundred fifty dollars Canadian. Yeah, four forty nine at the very least, if not higher for the O threes, right? So yeah, so yeah, so there we go. They're ordered, bought, received, given. hung out. Yeah, that's that's the best part. We got to hang out. We posted a picture. People said I looked a little awkward.
0: It's true. I mean, like you, you by definition have. It's like you don't know what to do with yourself sometimes in pictures. Uh, maybe yeah, that could be right. But I do feel like every year we take a picture of ourselves. So 2019 was my wedding. 2020 we took pictures of each other um, uh, from your front uh, uh, porch, and then this year we we hung out together for a little bit. Yeah, of we could
1: be closer. It's true. And uh, yeah, I, I'm. By the way, I am now fully vaccinated, and I'm
0: going to be. Uh, so this airs on Wednesday. So tomorrow morning, I go for my second shot.
1: Yeah, my armpit hurts. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what's hurting right now, and it seems my arm like 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 on that same side. So that's right. a, a symptom I've heard people have. My wife had it swell quite a bit, actually. Uh, for me, I don't think it's swollen much, but it's right. uh, it's tender around there. But apart from some fatigue and stuff, so far, uh, almost two days on, no major uh, issues. A little sore and stuff here and there, but... Who but that's, that's just, just aches and pains. Age.
0: Like, those are the Angelo Fiorentino aches and pains. Like, nothing new
1: there to, to list off. Well, yeah, th- definitely my arm hurt yesterday. Right. But uh, you were also but... doing manual labor, that was before I did the manual labor. After I did the manual labor, my arm was better. Uh, like, we, oddly enough, okay. Well, yeah, but no, but because the pain was coming from the vaccine, right? So,
0: right. The the cure is what is it? The the cure is worse than the disease or whatever. That's what uh, our friend Donald Trump said.
1: <laughs>
0: right, our our close and personal friend. How could I ever forget that he uh, he and I uh, uh, shared many a McDonald's meal together?
1: Yeah, I'm sure he eats at McDonald's.
0: Angela, it's summertime. Let's talk about something interesting, uh, um, kind of disconcerting. Last episode, we talked about a uh, uh, a Zelda cartridge with some visible dents in it selling for uh, upwards of $870,000. Now, news comes out that uh, a uh, still-sealed Super Mario 64 cartridge has sold for $1.56 million. Of course, Heritage Auctions, WADA. I was sort of alluding to this last episode, but there seems to be a theory that there's some collusion going on to artificially inflate the uh, um, dollar amounts of uh,
1: uh, graded cartridges in order to uh, fleece people. Well, it doesn't really make sense that all of a sudden these sealed games are going for this much. I don't remember this ever being a thing. This wasn't a thing, once again, until you create a market for the thing, right? So graded cartridges weren't a thing until about 18 months ago. And now we're seeing games that... I mean, Super Mario 64... There must be a few sealed. There's definitely out a few there. sealed. Absolutely. So if they're going for 1.5 million, like there's a few millionaires out there that don't even know about it.
0: <laughs> that is very true. And once again, like the cartridge itself doesn't look too special. I mean, the the boxing sort of the cartridge itself because it's sealed. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I do agree with. The, I mean, like listen, like uh, do I have problems with Pat the NS Punk in the way that he presents himself online? Is he annoying? Absolutely. Is he right in this instance? Absolutely. Is he annoying? I've only watched like one or two of his videos.
1: Is he something? He has like, a
0: podcast like, that he does with um, um, someone else that I, I've dipped into in and out of uh you know uh the CU podcast. He's he's in that retro gaming YouTube sphere. Community. Yeah. So he knows what he's talking about here. Um does he present himself uh, as a larger than life person on the uh completely unnecessary podcast sometimes? He does, but that is okay. Well, just like us. Well, I mean, like you don't you don't you're not you're not a big bragger. Do you want to work on that? Like, what is something you want to brag about? Oh well, uh, Brian, I have
1: uh, I have a couple of HomePods
0: <laughs> that are still standing.
1: Uh, yeah, well, see, that's uh, unless you had more to say about Pat the NES punk. That, no, that be, I just yeah.
0: I just find the greater market. like I was talking about last week. Uh, the greater market for anything at this point, any sort of collectible, whether it be action figures, uh, trading cards, video games, is up and running, and uh, people. Uh, see this as a boom the same way as uh, people in the early 90s saw comic books as a speculator boom and of course people got taken to the cleaners that's why you can find a lot of different cases of several uh, landmark releases including x-men 1 and x-force 1 um, uh, being sold uh, for a reasonable amount
1: and we talked about um, trading cards as well at that point in time Uh, i was a young teenager collecting Hockey cards thinking, oh, my God, this is an investment. It is not an investment. They're worthless at this point, 20 it's true. years later. Sorry. I'm sorry about that. It's okay. Have it's you ever okay. bought anything as
0: an investment? I'm kind of curious. Uh, I mean, uh, not really, no. No, I don't mean, like, real estate. I mean, like, collectibles.
1: No, not really. That's, that's That hasn't been my thing.
0: I've never bought anything with the intent of, like, collecting it. Like, to me, like, people who buy, adults who buy action figures and keep them mint on card is kind of weird to me.
1: And, you know, good on you if that's what you like to collect. I don't... I like how you're hedging your bets here. I'm coming out fully one way. Yeah, I know. I'm really not much of a collector for anything, really. So, I mean... If you could have the money, what would you do? Huh. Musical instruments? Yeah, you know what? That's not a bad thing. I mean... I guess my, my limited edition Takaman guitar is some sort of investment. I, I don't think it's appreciated in value, though. I, I paid about $2,000 for it. I was going to say, you're not planning on flipping it either, right? So Never, no. I mean, I like that guitar so much. And it's funny. When I bought it, it's like, oh, it's the year 2000. It's like a year old. By the and way, did you say me, I like that guitar so much? No, no, no. It did almost sounded it? like that. Yeah, It almost sounded like that.
0: Uh, We'll rewind the tape uh, when I'm editing. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Uh, So, uh, side note, uh, congrats, Forza Italia, Euro Cup. (laughs) I don't care. You care. There was a lot of honking. I'm glad we're recording
1: in the evening because, like, an hour and a half ago, there was a ton of honking everywhere. And people may be wondering what is the connection between Italy and perhaps uh, me saying, meme, I like that guitar, uh, is because here in Montreal, this is how some uh, folks of my ethnic background speak. It is very true, and I've heard it
0: many a time, which I feel comfortable uh, highlighting because of the fact that you've also mentioned sometimes that you accidentally do it. Very rarely, though. Very no, that's the thing is you very rarely do it, but every time you do it, it's such an enjoyable uh, moment for me to hear you in your full Italian glory. Congrats on the Euro 2021,
1: Angela. Do you care? So this is the thing that I almost feel bad for not caring. I used to love soccer tournaments. I watched. Every game in the World Cup games and uh, the World Cup games as if they're the Olympic games. <laughs> but in like the World Cup tournaments and the Euro tournaments, I used to love watching them. And as of the last maybe five or six years, I've completely lost interest. It also doesn't help that I no longer have uh, regular live broadcast TV to watch these things on. I was
0: about to say, I think the, the uh, lack of access to games has sort of forced you to... Walk away from them, though. If you did want to pay for a sports package, it's
1: there, but it can be quite hefty too. Yeah, the only thing I pay for—we've discussed this before—is the F one app. It's eighty bucks a year. Really worth that eighty bucks, right?
0: Speaking of things that are worth it, you were alluding to the fact that you own HomePods before. Let us close the circle on this. Uh, there seems to be a bit of a problem with the HomePods, and
1: you're quite scared of what's going on. Well, so I'm less worried because I only got them last November, and they are both still on full warranty. So if something were to happen, which is what seems to be happening to these people. It would be covered. Uh, some people are speculating that Update fourteen point six, which is the latest release of Apple's various OSs, so you're on iOS fourteen point six and TVOS fourteen point six, and as well as HomePod OS, which I'm not quite sure what it's called. I think it's called Audio OS. I don't know. Uh, anyway, Home OS. Let's call it that. It's wow. Actually... That
0: that very close to a slur.
1: Really? Okay. Oh, yeah, okay, I see what you mean. But see, I don't think that way. <laughs> no, I know um, you don't, because you're so, you're so kind-hearted. Yes. 14.6 is apparently, quote-unquote, bricking HomePods. Now, this OS update came out at the end of May, so it's been out for almost two months at this point. The only bug I noticed that made did actually make my HomePods run warm is, did we discuss it, where I troubleshot why my home pods would stay lit up when I would turn off my Apple TV. I don't remember if you had or not because I honestly will tune out. Uh, yeah, so sometimes. anyway, so when I got my Apple TV 4K, it was the first Apple TV I had where you can actually put the home pods as the default audio source, which is really great because they do definitely, my TV speakers aren't terrible, but these do sound really good and take up way less space and cost a lot less than a big surround sound audio system. And... I noticed, I turned off the TV, oh, the HomePods are staying on and they're not playing. That's not usually what happens. And I felt they were getting warm. Anyway, I did some troubleshooting. If you quit the the music app on the Apple TV, it actually makes them go back. But what is the problem? You still haven't highlighted what the issue is for most people here. So apparently 14.6, and before this, the beta of uh, OS 15, which was not available to HomePods. So people installing it on their HomePods were actually doing so uh, either if they were developers or or just getting it, not really illegally, but they were getting it, and they shouldn't. It was really burning out these HomePods and causing a logic board failure. People are saying 14.6 is doing the same thing. Now, I've touched the top of my HomePods. They do feel warm, but no warmer than they've always felt. Like, there's something going... Like, there's a device in there that's always working, right? It's always listening for you, or it's playing audio, whatever. And it's warm, but not to the point where, oh, this is going to blow up, so... They seem to be working fine. Now that we've recorded this podcast and I've said it out loud to several people, they're going to break. So basically luckily, a, home, a HomePod apocalypse. Yeah. Okay. That's a good way of talking about it. Um, the thing is, is most of the, like, furor about this is on uh, the HomePod, 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 you like HomePod, uh, HomePod subreddit. And if you go on there, it's like everybody's HomePod is exploding. Any other forums that talk about home pods and stuff, they're just talking about the regular, like, oh, mine is doing this, or I ordered mine today. Like I toddlers? To find- huh? It sounds like you're talking about toddlers here. Oh, it yeah. did this oh, yeah. today. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so people, most forums are not talking about this issue. So I'm wondering if it's really not that widespread. I don't know. I'd be kind of curious to see how this, this play- how many people actually realize what's going on, too, I
0: wonder. Yeah, and the thing is that bothers it, like, me. Unlike you, most people aren't hugging their HomePods and praying
1: that they're room temperature. Yeah, I like, look, that's the thing with these HomePods is I got them, and they got discontinued a few months later, but knowing Apple, they'll be keep working. Because, I mean, I have seven-year-old uh, Google Homes, and they're still fine. They still do their job. They still work. They're not getting any updates or anything, but they're still working. So if as speakers, you would think a speaker with a microchip of some kind in it would last relatively long there's nothing in there that really would break like i have 25 year old speakers that still work fine right like you there's not much in there for it to, for it to break so it seems like there's a heat issue that's causing these components to break down much quicker than they should so uh, uh something to watch uh, of week one of the
0: homepod apocalypse uh, yeah. i'm sure you'll want to give updates because that's the way you roll and that's fine i will allow that
1: yeah and keep in mind this this update that is apparently bricking these HomePods all of a sudden came out over a month and a half ago. Right. So And and a lot of the forum up, like on Reddit, I wonder if there's people just making this up because, oh, I just updated my Wait, hold my on. HomePod people and, making things up on the internet? Go on. I'm intrigued. Yeah, listen. The, hear me out. There's people <laughs> saying, oh, I just updated my HomePod. And yeah, me too. It bricked. Uh, but it updated weeks and weeks ago. And most of HomePods are, are set to auto-update. Yeah, unless you're physically like one of those weirdos who's like, I have to uh, manually update my my HomePod every install, right? Well, I mean, HomePods, traditionally, actually, there have been updates that have broken HomePods. So it's not a bad idea to keep it on non-auto update. I think mine is off for now, but I might turn it back on. I don't really care about that because I know when updates come out, I make sure that... Because I've had an iPhone uh, have to be completely reinitialized because an update was not good. Usually I hold off on those. Yeah, so like same those, thing are, with those are
0: more critical to me. I hold off on those for a little while um, and I wait to see if there are any large issues. Uh, usually the first day or two on Twitter, you definitely, especially in the tech space, get to see what the issues are.
1: Yeah, and I, I, do, I do the same with most things, right? So I'll, I'm going to hold off on the next update for the HomePod, see what happens. Hopefully people that are having issues, it's going to get fixed. Uh, some people saying that the issue was related to having it as your default audio for Apple TV. And I'm wondering if people that didn't notice that their HomePod was staying on after they turned off their Apple TV. Maybe those units were running hotter for way longer than they should, and that could have caused an issue. Fun fact, I also, uh, for fun, wanted to see when my HomePods were uh, manufactured. Right, The HomePod came out in 2018. Based on the Apple serial number on both my HomePods, my HomePod was manufactured in uh, late 2017. So my HomePods are from like the initial stock of HomePods. <laughs> I think this is why Apple discontinued the speaker; they just could not sell them. They people yeah. were not interested in this thing. Yeah, except and, for people like you.
0: Like, to be very well,
1: honest, if you were if you applied these skills to a social science,
0: you'd be an incredible investigator. Oh, uh, maybe. I look. I have to say, I I had to force uh, you. And we'll talk about this in a sec, but I had to force you to watch the movie we're going to talk about in paranormal segment. Yes.
1: Um, but going back so get, to the important thing. Yes, go ahead. No, I was going to say the important thing is that HomePods are actually really good. Most people I know that have a HomePod are very satisfied with it and really like it. And so I'm hoping these things last for a few more years. What's the, what's the Venn diagram of HomePod
0: owners and Apple enthusiasts? Almost, you are a, almost,
1: almost a circle. Well, there you go.
0: double density. Angel, it's summertime. It's warm outside. Your kids are off school. I have no kids, but I act as if I'm on summer break sometimes. So, we. I want to ask you, like, it's summertime. What are you watching these days?
1: I, I just had one little thing to add more about the vendor. Oh, my God. Go ahead. Wait, wait, wait. My brother-in-law was here. He just uh, got a Tesla. And a lot of the stuff he does to control it, unlock it, all that is done with the Tesla app. And I, I asked a silly question. I said, well, what happens if you're a Tesla owner and don't have a smartphone? And then we both said, well, the Venn diagram of that is pretty <laughs> like, like, well, what would be the case of somebody buying a technologically advanced electric car and not having a smartphone of some kind? Hear pretty me out. Hear, hear me out. Okay. Okay. A Tesla owner dies,
0: right? Okay. The only next of kin is a, an older relative. Maybe in that case. Okay. And then they'd say, "I don't want this newfangled." That's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that, like, the only instances in which, um, or someone in a developing country, right, would
1: somehow know with a Tesla, who, uh, yeah, and would know. get a Tesla, like, yeah, somebody in Cuba. I'm, I'm not sure. saying this is realistic here. I'm just saying it's yeah, it's, it's I a scenario. It. But most people that buy Teslas, um, pretty much guaranteed to have a smartphone. Would you say? Yes, absolutely. Okay. All right. So, what are we watching? What are you watching, Brian? Well, I mean, I want to start with you first because I think mine's going to get weirder than yours. Okay um right now for myself i am watching the expanse on amazon prime i'm in s- the end of season four i actually watched the original season on when it was on sci-fi many many years ago and uh, just last year I, I i got caught up watched season two watch season three now i'm watching season four and we'll probably jump into the last season season five amazon picked it up i think for season four or season three, I can't remember. But they they had been canceled, and people were in an uproar, and Amazon picked it up, so it's an Amazon Prime original. I am watching Loki, which is great. I love these Marvel shows. I'm so happy that Disney Plus has uh, part of the MCU on there. It's great. Speaking of that, you you rented Black Widow, right? And that's the other thing, yes, uh, definitely. I didn't know this. I thought Disney Plus Premium Access was like when you rent... Uh, a new movie so for $30 you would say you know you want to watch Godzilla and you pay 30 bucks and you have it for 24 hours after you start it but no the way uh, Disney plus Prime Access works or Premier Access it's called it's basically you unlock it and you have it as, as long as you have your Disney subscription right so uh, uh, something I saw
0: was that Disney is now bragging they made 60 mil over the weekend on, uh, on Premier Access
1: sales and that's apart from the 80 mil they made in theaters so how do they calculate that? Is does Black Widow only is is it only in terms of its its box office uh, take? Does it does, do they only count literally the box office or do they count the uh, the home box office which they, would be HBO? But <laughs> they HBO, <don't> yeah, <laughs> they, I
0: think all sales together, right? So I think that like in order to sort of like navigate that, um, uh, sixty million is a pretty impressive figure, and they would be showing that if it were any lower. So I feel like they're just bragging at this point.
1: Yeah, and this is great because um, as you know. I'm very happy to not have to go to a movie theater to watch. uh, I miss the theater
0: experience. You dislike it,
1: yeah. And I mean, now that look, if this was when I still had my little 40 inch 720p TV with you know minimal sound, (laughs) I would not be that interested in doing this. I'd rather go to the theater. But I, you know, a few months ago I bought a new TV. The uh, aforementioned HomePods sound fantastic for this. Uh, Disney has great. uh, It doesn't have Atmos, but has 5.1 sound. Um, but, uh, yeah, sounds really good. The other thing you, you really failed good. to mention
0: there is that you have you have an a offspring, right? So I, the
1: cost of going to the movies is exponentially higher. Yeah, I wouldn't be going alone. Uh, funny enough, the only movie I've ever seen alone in a movie theater was one that had featured Black Widow. And that we, it was uh, Captain America. I think I actually it was Captain America and the Winter Soldier, not Civil War.
0: So you would uh, you've never been oh, to I, movies yeah. alone apart from that apart from that yeah really okay that's kind of incredible yeah. uh, I as a cinephile of course have seen uh, many a movie alone that's fine not everyone has the same taste as I do I have not yet watched Black Widow um, I've been obsessed with the TV show Floribama Shore I think I mentioned this it's the uh, you mentioned this it's the southern as, version of Jersey Shore uh, apart from that you mentioned we, this
1: in front of my children actually
0: I did yes and you you should watch it with them definitely definitely worth it uh, definitely okay, read it. Uh, I also uh, recently watched Werewolves Within with Sam Richardson. Uh, super okay. enjoyable, fun, um, a, b- a bit gory towards the end, werewolf movie, kind of enjoyable. Uh, okay. And uh, I tried watching The Tomorrow War. Yeah, I, I didn't hate it. I lasted 20 minutes. Really? Okay. Yeah. You just don't and like Chris Pratt. I do. No. I, I enjoy both of them. How dare you? No, uh, instead, I forced my wife to watch an Italian shark movie. From the 90s, called Cruel Jaws. The new Pixar movie? (laughs) (laughs) No. Um, No, Bruno Mattei's Cruel Jaws, which was originally supposed to be called Jaws 5, Cruel Jaws. Angela, are you, I think we've talked about this, but you're aware of, like, uh, in the past, the way the copyright works in Italy is that you can create a
1: sequel Yes, I remember. There was like zombie movies as well.
0: Yes, so Alien 2. Um, so Bruno Mate is a, an exploitation director. Uh, uh, Cruel Jaws is highly enjoyable. So a couple of things about Cruel Jaws. Firstly, it cannot be shown in North America um, very easily due to the fact that it steals footage from multiple Jaws movies. Oh, wow. I didn't realize you were allowed to do that. So Universal has threatened to sue whoever tries to release that because at one point Scream Factory, which is the uh, Shout Factory um, horror slash sci-fi label, was supposed to put this out and I pre-ordered it and then Universal had threatened them with a lawsuit of the um, pressed copies of Cruel Jaws. Uh, very weird. Secondly, one of the protagonists is a dead ringer for Hulk Hogan. Very weird and hilarious to oh. watch. Uh, speaking of horror movies, I watched a horror movie a few months ago called Ready or Not, which I really enjoyed. It's really good, right? Yeah. Um, my wife is not a huge fan of horror movies, but she was able to watch Ready or Not, and she also really, really enjoyed uh, Cruel Jaws.
1: So. That's with uh, that's with Hugo Weaving's niece, I believe. Correct, yes, Samantha. yeah, Samantha. Samantha, Samara? Samara, I, I think. But she does such a great job with that movie. It's so yeah. fun.
0: It reminds me of, uh, of um, uh, You're Next a little bit. What's your next? It's another kind of these like type of movies that are like uh, uh, that are situated around like a single space.
1: Okay. Yeah. Those are those are fun.
0: So cool uh, Jaws.
1: Cool Jaws. Yeah. Well, uh, the another thing I've been watching, these are with my wife. We've watched a couple of shows on Apple TV Plus. We're watching, uh, watching physical with Rose Byrne. Uh, she's great in that. From, uh, from, she's from Bridesmaids. Right. Yes. And we're watching The Mosquito Coast which is based on um well it's there's a movie with Harrison Ford in the 80s but it's based on a book from the early 80s as well with uh, Justin Thoreau from uh, uh the leftovers.
0: Ah, uh, yes of course Louis Thoreau's cousin. I made the same joke to you earlier this week when we discussed.
1: Yes and then I and then I mentioned that his uncle wrote the book. Right. Let us uh before you cut me off let us
0: run over and talk about a movie on the paranormal side of things. How does that sound? Oh boy.
1: So apparently there's a female ghost in this apartment building who thinks I'm attractive. <laughs>
0: Double density. Welcome back to Double Density. And as always, we are switching gears from tech to the paranormal. So this week we have one topic and one topic only. Angelo, we said we'd stay away. We said we wouldn't touch this stuff anymore for a little while. We said we'd get back to more traditional stories, but of course, the siren sound of uh, UAP discourse has called us back in. Um, Stephen Greer released a new documentary called The Cosmic Hoax. Did you watch it? Let's start with that because there's there some it. confusion there. Okay, I did not watch it. You did not? No, I did not. Uh, so oh, I, well, what did I, I watch it for? I want you um, uh, to explain
1: to me as if I was uh, your spouse or child what the movie's about. Okay, and, and keep in mind, I watched it, half paying attention, and I skipped through, through a few parts. Uh, I, see, now I remember her name, but I couldn't remember it at the time. But I, get, I kept getting confused with The woman in it, which is, oh, what's her name now? Linda something. Not Linda Moulton Howe, but another Linda who writes. Um, But I kept thinking it was Linda Moulton Howe. Anyway, uh, there's a few different talking heads in the movie. Stephen Greer, of course, being the main one. And he's both a talking head and an interviewer. And he's sometimes sitting across the table. Okay, but like, I'm
0: talking like super basic. Like this is like yeah, yeah, very, no, but, this yeah, is inside it, like baseball. Like how would you describe this to your wife or child or children? Sorry, I I didn't mean to do child erasure.
1: This is, okay, a movie using uh, UFOs and the current discourse about UAPs and UFOs to sell us his app. Angela, I lied to you. I watched the movie. Okay, and that's how you, that, am I, is that accurate enough? It is accurate enough. I have three and a half pages of notes here. <laughs> okay. What's who's the Linda in it? Is it Linda Paula Harris? Oh, Paula Harris. Okay. I'm like I, I kept getting her confused with Linda Moulton Howe and now I couldn't remember her name. So they're two different investigative journalists that both fell off the deep end when it comes to your results, correct? correct?
0: So let's talk about Stephen Greer as the Cosmic Host, which is an 83-minute documentary. And it's funny that it, I'm calling this a documentary because a couple of weeks ago we discussed the idea of calling things personal video essays, which I feel this might be more inclined Ooh. to do, right?
1: Yeah, this is not a documentary. This is somebody's, like, angry letter to a newspaper that is, on, is a video. <laughs> um, so basically,
0: I, and I mean, like, let's, let's be honest here. It was released in the wake of the June 25th, 2021 Director of National Intelligence Report on UAP so, Like It was released to capitalize on the recent report.
1: Yeah, and how long did he spend on this thing? He couldn't have spent too much. I don't know.
0: Um, so just a lots quick note. of
1: b-roll is one of the one note I put down.
0: It's available for free uh, uh, on YouTube or any sort of platform as long as you don't monetize it. You're free to share the movie.
1: May I ask you a question? No. Yeah, go ahead. You don't have YouTube Premium, right? I do not know. How many ads were in this thing? Not too many. I don't think any. No? Oh. Yeah, I don't think it's monetized. Oh, interesting. Okay. I mean, um, apart from the the whole movie having is a link to his well, website. And, uh, th- th- we'll talk about that in a bit. But okay. uh,
0: so my notes are in a chronological order, Angelo. So for and we're we're saving people from the pain of
1: watching this thing. Right? Do not watch this. Please don't watch this. It's I watched it today, um, like as was resting from my my aches and pains because of the vaccine. Which um, on a side note, that my my. On a side note, like still get the vaccine. The side effects are for me anyway, really weren't that bad. A lot of I know people some didn't people had it worse. Exactly. A lot. Uh, some people had had nothing at all. Like friends of mine didn't have anything.
0: Um, so let us talk about things chronologically because I've taken notes. I am hoping to jog your brain on a couple of things. But um, the weird fake out a minute in is kind of strange, right? Because the lead up is showing um, uh, the inherent um uh problems in u.s discourse rights uh, political social unrest etc cetera, etc cetera. and then he does a switcheroo. oh yeah we're gonna talk about something else yes and that thing is of course ufo uap disclosure um and i do love the fact that the first clip he shows is
1: tucker carlson bringer of truth there was way too much tucker carlson in this thing for my liking
0: So here's a very interesting thing that I had to pause about. So when he starts describing himself, he talks about how former CIA director William Colby goes missing, presumed dead, and Greer thinks it's because of his involvement with him and aliens, and not because the CIA fights multiple secret covert wars in multiple countries around
1: the world. It's aliens. That's that's Greer's answer to everything. Yeah, and I know you're doing this chronologically, but am I wrong? At one point, did he get upset with people saying they're interdimensional? But then, when talking about the atomic bomb, they're talking about how because these things are interdimensional, our atomic bombs are screwing them up.
0: Correct. He got mad um, that anyone says uh, that anyone claims this is not this isn't the ETH, the extraterrestrial hypothesis, right? Um, so right off the bat, he uh, 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 he says the word corporate media and he shows a picture of Lou Elizondo. Okay.
1: Yeah, he's not a
0: fan of his. No. Um, or or uh, Melon. So uh, or Chris Mell, yeah. So uh, a video of Tucker Carlson and Jeremy Corbell appears. Uh, you know, a couple of minutes in, hilarious. Yeah, um, he's not
1: a fan of Corbell either, I assume.
0: He definitely tries to very early on um, push other people, including Tom Long and the TTSA around, um, to set himself up as the true UFO UAP Messiah who holds all knowledge and all power.
1: Oh, and and we'll get to the double agent later.
0: <laughs> yeah. So uh, Carol Rosen sp- speaks. She was uh, Werner Von Braun. So um, obviously someone who's involved in the creation of the atomic bomb in his um, uh, last years, I guess, in the 70s, right? So she was his press secretary and talking about the last
1: card over and over. Yeah. his Is that like his philosophy? Like the last card that gets turned over is like... So, I
0: assume like, so. I'm serious because his whole thing real, is... She was odd. She was odd. Um, the whole thing is that she um, is um, stating for a fact that uh, first, there was Russia, and then it's like all these like different superpowers that the world is targeting, and then suddenly it's going to be the the
1: last one is the extraterrestrial one per uh, 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 von Braun's like dying words. Yeah, I mean the dying words of a Nazi. I mean, he was very uh, instrumental in getting the U.S. into space, which is great. But I mean, you know, the only reason he got a pass is because he was good at rockets. Yeah, he's, he's part of Project Paperclip, right? So yeah. that's how he um,
0: was not uh, summarily executed. By the
1: way, before I forget, something else I finished watching just recently was season two of uh, the uh, of American Horror Story, where they're in the asylum, and both Alien Abduction and Project Paperclip was brought up in that thing. Oh, okay. So time is a flat circle here. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> About 10 minutes in,
0: a man named Daniel Sheehan shows up. He claims that ETs are a threat, that uh, ETs as a threat would be used as a cover-up by the military-industrial complex to take control of personal freedoms. Now we're going to talk about Sheehan in a bit, but it's yeah, kind of he's interesting. He's a
1: constitutional lawyer, correct?
0: Correct. He is also a on's lawyer. Oh,
1: perfect. This all so, works out.
0: No, well, we'll talk about that in a bit, right? So, um, as you were saying before, the CE five ads on screen hilarious. So I I wrote that down. Um, so um, it, the film is is presented in letterbox format, and on the bottom, of course, there's a roll that says "Ready to make contact with ET civilizations?" Question mark. Download the CE five contact app for iPhone or Android. What a strange push to
1: make during a, a, a documentary, right? It was one big advertisement for him, right? It's not even like for, for his organ. It's, it's really the Stephen Greer show. He wants to be the most important person on the off chance that ever we make contact with any aliens that show up. Stephen Greer will be the first one to jump up and say, I, Dr. Stephen Greer, knew about this a long time ago. And he is one of those people that will not miss an opportunity to mention his title. So um, uh, tying well into that, at one
0: point um, during the intro, he talks about how he briefed four U.S. presidents on on extraterrestrial and disclosure affairs, right? I don't believe him. So... I'll get to this in a sec. So Greer is mad that he did not get early access to the pillars of power. In this instance, Donald Trump and Mike Pence before others did. And he's claiming that people like TTSA poisoned the well for him, right? So here's the issue. If he truly did brief multiple presidents about the ET situation, then why wasn't he let into the door earlier in the Trump administration? It's a weird brag to make. At the start, you're like, yeah, I briefed four presidents.
1: But you're no president's first choice on the matter. Well, so not that I want to defend Stephen Greer. But knowing how Donald Trump ran ran things, he'd be like, "I don't want him. I don't want to talk to anybody who talked to Obama."
0: Fair enough, but at the same time, like he's setting himself up. Like he's trying to like explain his credentials early on, and then like he has to explain how he's not the first man in.
1: Yeah, he's he is so full of it most of the time. Actually, almost all the time. I mean, like, very clearly, like, we're talking
0: about secret sources of power, like, 20, 25 minutes in. That's, that's talking about the Illuminati and the military-industrial complex, right? So um, he also makes the claim that E.T.'s reached out to Eisenhower. I'm curious to see if there's any proof to that one.
1: Uh, I, you know, cogently, uh, pragmatically, there isn't. Didn't they mention it in that documentary? Um, you see them hand, he had, like, a, a flowers in his hand, and he <laughs> was there at the first meeting. That was, uh, the, you know what I'm talking about, right? Talking about Inipense? Uh, what? What? Was it independent no? Was an independent Men in Black? Oh, was Another in Will black, Smith right. movie with aliens? Yes. yes, I always get confused by the two. Yeah, yeah, I and mean, they're not too far apart. They're four years apart, right? So,
0: so here's the crazy thing, right? So if if Steven Greer decoupled the ET stuff with the concentration of power stuff, he'd actually have a pretty potent documentary.
1: Yeah. It in terms actually... of, like,
0: explaining concentration of power, the how the military-industrial complex creates narratives, right? So um, he talks about 9-11, the idea of manufactured consent, which is something I've given a lot of thought to as a, uh, a communication student in the 21st century, right? The idea of, like, that you need Chomsky book? Yeah, it is a Noam Chomsky book, but it's also, like, a, a concept that exists, right? So the idea of um, explaining how your um, uh, rights are eroded due to the fact that the government overreaches, but it's okay, because patriotism, right?
1: Yes, of course. So let's talk about Paula Harris. Yeah, the and the whole time I'm like, is she the the one who wrote the books about the cattle mutilations? I could not remember uh, Linda Moulton Howe, but I I get the and I do. This is not the first time I get these two confused, because they have similar trajectories. They do. They very much do. Um, so Paula Harris claims
0: that uh, uh, Oppenheimer, right, who was involved and head of. The <laughs> nuclear bomb project, Project Manhattan, uh, claims that Oppenheimer was aware of ETs because he quoted the following scripture line: "Now I am become death, the destroyer of worlds." Worlds, worlds with Brian. an
1: S. Yes, worlds.
0: So now it's yeah. Hmm. So she's taking a matter of speech
1: literally as an admission, and then she hits us with the fact that she had access early on to MJ12 documents. Yes, of course. Then that's that's where and this is where that caused the confusion with Linda Moulton Howe because her too with the MJ12 documents. Yeah, she was on, in early with that. Yeah. yeah.
0: So Greer then claims that hundreds of millions of people had watched unacknowledged, and then he makes the very interesting claim that the national security apparatus, which includes the two of the Stars Academy people, set things in motion as a direct
1: response to Greer's film. Yeah, it went viral, to quote him. Hundreds of millions, Angelo. Well, I don't think that many people watched unacknowledged. I don't think so either. I only watched it because I'm on a podcast that talks about this <laughs> stuff, because otherwise I wouldn't have watched it. If
0: you and I pulled the people around us who may be interested in this, I doubt that the number would reach a
1: representative portion okay. of hundreds of million. This is perfect. What do you think? More people watched Unacknowledged or more people bought a HomePod? Oh, shoot. I want to say Unacknowledged only because you could more easily pirate it, but not by much. Okay, yeah. I mean, one is free on Netflix. The other one is uh, started at $400.
0: <laughs> right. So, uh, well... I mean, like free on Netflix, sure. Uh, so Daniel Sheehan shows up and he, his claim is that the CE5 people, right? The the Steven Greer people and the TTSA, the TTSA people need to talk to and come to an understanding. Let's all get along is basically his message here.
1: Yeah, and like you mentioned earlier, he's friends with one of the main TTSA people or who you, somebody who used to be there. Well, we'll talk a little
0: bit about that after, right? So then um, uh, your favorite person in the world, my favorite person in the world, disinfo agent Richard Doty shows up, Oh right? my God, I so,
1: laughed out loud when he came on the screen, Brian.
0: Using a 2016 documentary, that uh, interview uh, for a documentary that Greer's company conducted, uh, Doty, the guy who admitted to muddying the waters when it came to Paul Benowitz and other researchers should,
1: you know, like, I don't know, like not be trusted, I guess? And they may he made it seem, did he mention it? I don't think he did. Where this was a recent interview, but you can tell it wasn't the same. It wasn't the same. No, this of. was
0: this was done for from years ago, right? So his mo like like <laughs> Richard Doty's most well known exploits are just a series of lies. So speaking of Rick Doty, uh, friend of the show, Rob Christofferson, finally found the clip of you saying that Philip Class, uh, your favorite person in the world, wasn't a bad guy. From the news desk of Mr. Robert Christofferson. Ladies and gentlemen, for years I was labeled a fool. I was told that it didn't exist. But, after hours of research, pouring through the original seven episodes of the Double Density Podcast, I have found my proof that Angelo Fiorentino did in fact say that Philip J. Class wasn't a bad guy.
1: Brian! Roll the footage! Most of the skeptics out there aren't that bad. Uh, I know uh, a lot of uh, ufologists could not stand uh, Philip J. Class, but he he wasn't a bad guy. He just really didn't believe that uh, there was any possibility that uh, UFOs existed. And sometimes he kind of uh, stretched his own beliefs in trying to uh, disprove whatever anybody was saying. I eagerly
0: await Mr. Fiorentino's response.
1: Yeah, well, he tried hard to debunk people that needed to be debunked sometimes. Is this the line you're using? Let's lay this thing into bed and correct the record. What are your true thoughts about Phil and before we continue? He was a bit of a jerk when it came to skepticism. A bit of a jerk? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, <laughs> I sometimes I feel like uh, Stephen Bassett is the opposite. Right? Like, he's the he's a bit of a jerk when it comes to uh, being a, a bit of a jerk, Stephen Bassett. Yeah,
0: no, I meant I meant uh, 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 Philip J. Class.
1: Okay, he could be rude sometimes. All right, that's all I'm going to get out of you. Uh, <laughs> he wasn't. He wasn't the nicest of guys. Let's say he was. He was no Carl Sagan. Uh,
0: okay. Uh, so then we move on in the documentary chronologically, and uh, Stephen Greer presents three major lies of the current false flag discourse of UFOs in the media. One, we do not know what UFOs are. This is a lie, Angelo.
1: We know. They're unidentified flying objects. Two, the they're military does not balloons. have
0: any aircraft that can perform in the way these UFOs maneuver. It's also false. A lie. Yeah. Wait
1: till later. He shows us little models.
0: <laughs> I can't wait to talk about that part. Three, they're a threat to national security.
1: False. They're the good aliens, Brian. They're
0: all good. <gasps> Greer is claiming that governments are using man-made technology to hoax UFO UFO events, and that is the the crux of the problem here. This is the big hoax. This is the cosmic hoax here. So let's go... Another cosmic watergate. Let's go through these, right? So, we do not know what UFOs are. This is a lie. I think that's actually true. We are not quite sure. Um, I do agree with that from the other side of things, wherein I would say that we're not quite sure
1: what they are. Um, They're probably terrestrial. Uh, That would be pretty high on the list. And there may be a line there. The government may be saying, oh, we don't know what uh, these are. And they're saying, well, some of the ones that they don't know what they are, they actually do know. They They do know. Let's be honest. They they do uh, National security, absolutely. And I do think that, like, it's weird that
0: he, he is in Greer, um, um, doesn't seem to understand that national security is a thing that exists. And um, that is why you can't have uh, 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 everything revealed to you all at once, I guess. Like, do I agree with it? No. But at the same time, like, to me, the most pragmatic reason why you would not admit to knowing these things is due to the fact that you, it is from a, uh, a nation that you're not friends with using technology. You're not quite sure how to reverse engineer as of yet.
1: Yeah. And so you reminded me of something I saw on the UFO subreddit today, there was somebody who posted a, uh, he said, this is what an airplane looks like from an airplane when you're filming with an iPhone. I think it, they used the 10 S and guess what it looks like, Brian?
0: I have no idea, Angelo.
1: I'm, I'm, it I'm looks like a tic tac.
0: Oh, weird.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll send you the I'll put the link in the, in what we call the show notes. So but then you can you can see it here. It's it it it's very much like oh, it really looks like a tic tac, and it looks really weird. It looks like oh, that that can't be an airplane. That has to be something else. But no, it's it is a plane. So I will put this in the show notes so that we can all see it in its glory.
0: So then uh, we get to the the naming, the, the, the name calling game here. So Greer calls Nick Pope out. He calls Chris Mellon out. He calls CTSA out and says it's a front uh, uh, for the intelligence community staffed with quote unquote spooks like Jim Semivan and Hal putoff. He has a talk he had mentioned that it's a CIA slap and not even a good one. So Greer's cool with Richard Doty, but he draws the line of these other people. like it just it seems very strange to me, right? And he had that, that
1: son of the Senator, uh, what was his James, Jim, John, uh, Warren. Correct, yeah, the fourth, yeah, the fourth. His father uh, was the third.
0: So yeah, I don't know. Like you, you claim that these people are spooks, but then the disinformation agent you have use, or sorry, reuse your footage for this new documentary that you probably didn't agree to. Um, that's where you draw the line.
1: Like it's a very strange and there like was a lot of contradictions in this, right? Even amongst the people being interviewed, especially when it came to things like how he's adamant that it's not. Um, interdimensional or other other um like other realities and stuff but then some of the people that are being interviewed talk about how we're part of many worlds within one world right so um yeah it's a lot of um a lot of wishy-washy stuff in this thing uh, speaking of wishy-washy stuff, about an hour into the documentary,
0: is um, presenting UFO mockups that you were talking about, and uh, like has some guy to the left of him also demonstrating the models, like a flight attendant was going through um, like safety procedures, like pre takeoff. It's yes. super weird, and from what I understand, it's the 20th anniversary of the press club event, so he's kind of
1: like hosting this 20th anniversary. But there is a man holding triangle shaped well, mockups. Also odd is he's there on the stage showing these things. There's the dude next to him, and next to the dude is a TV screen. Showing a smaller image of exactly that, and showing different angles of Stephen Greer talking. What's the point? Like this TV screen is smaller than the like the people in the room can actually see. They can just look at him. Anyway, I just thought that was kind of odd. Uh, he also
0: goes ahead and call and says the following, which made me really laugh hard because like this is. <laughs> Stephen Greer, quote, Leslie Keane is the original shameless opportunist of ufology. So there is a French-Canadian saying, Angelo, celui qui dit, celui qui l'est. Leslie Right. Kane. So let me, let me yeah. explain the French-Canadian saying. So when you call someone a negative name, usually it says more about you and that you're probably the negative name yourself, right? So if you hold up a mirror to Stephen Greer's claim and then uh, replace the words Leslie Keane with Stephen Greer, is he the original shameless opportunist? No, but he is probably one of the bigger
1: ones. Yeah, and he's the one who who brought her into this, right? Like, he brought her into the... he. Was, she was at the press co- uh, club meeting. She was apparently also responsible for the CA snooping in on them and blocking the first hour of this thing. <laughs> yeah. No, she's just a journalist who has an interest in the paranormal. And yeah. she uses... The one thing I agreed with him is that, like, her uh, quote-unquote agnosticism of this thing to, like, get into the mainstream, she's not agnostic on this. She totally believes all this Well, stuff. yeah, of course she does. I mean, the, and then
0: they show clips of her talking about how these UFOs are a threat. It's weird because... Uh, so these CE5 events that you pay hundreds, if not thousands of dollars for, you head into a field, right? You sign an NDA, from what I understand, and apparently the NDA, some people claim, is because Greer um, um, films a lot of these events and he doesn't want the information to get out. Kind of a weird thing to say and claim if you are a proponent of the peace and space treaty, which suggests that we should all be out and open about um, everything uh, and, and everything cosmic and we shouldn't create these cosmic weapons and things like that. Kind of a weird twofold
1: thing, eh? I wonder if one is a profit motive. I don't know. I don't know. Well, look, you're, you're telling me that if we asked uh, Demi Lovato to be on our show, they would not be able to talk about what they saw when they went for CE5 stuff. It's weird because when you really think about this, and once again, like
0: the, the whole reason I tried to get you to explain at the top is like this is so inside baseball that like people who don't care about this have already tuned out. Um, they've enjoyed us talking about movies, and it's just like this weird Ouroboros of just the, the tail eating itself over and over again of like stupidity.
1: Um, I almost turned it off after f- 15 minutes. I had to stop it and I watched it later because it was so bad. It really is hard to watch. It's so amateurish too, at least unacknowledged, was semi-professional. He even rented that really cool white room.
0: <laughs> and Encounters of the Fifth Kind had that bag raider song, right? So well I didn't I didn't that. watch it. I didn't know I know I watched from. it and I had to explain yeah. it to you because I do the heavy lifting around here. Yeah. Uh that but this is like even for him this is like Yeah, a this new is one, right?
1: like low rate YouTuber.
0: So here's a question um because towards the end of the uh, personal video essay, Stephen Greer um, uh, it gets really mad at Robert Bigelow and the $22 million in the oh e program, right? The last 10 minutes seem to sort of suggest that since he's not in the Leslie uh, Keane-Robert Bigelow axis, he's just coming for them, right? And the thing is that like, I now feel that I'm comfortable saying that there is a UFO civil war between these two idiot factions.
1: He really wants to be the guy to say that he discovered everything about UFOs and that he was responsible for ultimate disclosure. Well, Gru is worried that the public, like, this apparatus is going to blame CE5 for a staged alien attack. How insane is that? And he's worried that this is a hoax that's going to kind of acclimate people to seeing UFOs and that the aliens, once they finally reveal themselves, it'll be no big deal to them. (sighs) That's not going to happen. If aliens reveal themselves, no matter what people have watched or seen, they're going to lose it. So once again, I do feel like under all of this
0: UFO stupidity in this documentary, I'm not calling ufology stupid. I'm calling this display of ufology stupid. There is a pretty potent documentary to be made about the consolidation of power and the way that the military industrial complex, um, uh, it, uh goes out of their way to, um, solidify that power base, right? The rich continue to be rich. And, you know, um, Sheehan makes that point. Greer makes that point. Almost everyone who appears, uh, makes the same kind of points in that, like, the obtaining power and, atta- and attaining power, right, are very important to um, um, different individuals, uh, whether it be called a, the Illuminati, a secret cabal, whatever you want to call it, right? New but World Order. New, the New World Order, exactly, any of this. Like, it seems uh, pr- pretty plausible in certain ways, right? Like, like, pillars of power want to stay in power. And so to me, that is a great documentary to make. This is not it because it just spends so much time Um, how do I put this nicely? Like um, self-pleasuring itself for the CE5 community. A CE5 circle jerk. So Paula Harris ends the documentary by saying, this isn't entertainment. This is our survival, which I honestly had to like burst out laughing at. I'm sorry, but like that's what I do. Cause then she cries and hugs Steven and thanks him for being alive. And that's yeah. it, our UFO messiah, Dr. Stephen Greer. This is it, Cosmic Hoax, and expose, which really isn't an expose. It really is a 100 and, uh, sorry, an hour and 22-minute uh, uh, infomercial for the CE5 contact app, available out now. Android, iPhone, iOS, 10 US dollars, 13 Canadian dollars. I downloaded it, and I gave it five stars. Oh, well, good for you. I'm glad that you're spending your money wisely. You're, you're yeah. buying Black Widow. You're spending your money on the CE5 app.
1: Yeah, well worth it. It's terrible. No, I didn't buy it. Are you crazy? You you almost wanted to buy it just to like experiment for the podcast. Yeah. If anyone wants to PayPal
0: me thirteen dollars Canadian, I'll definitely buy it and do the meditations and stuff. I've seen so many posts about people talking about how it's just a guided meditation app, right?
1: I, so, I would okay. I would spend my money on Headspace.
0: Let's. Well, yes, I agree with that. Much superior. My wife uses it, loves it. Um. Uh. Uh. So let's move from small picture to to big picture, and let's like get weird with it a little bit, right? Because. A lot of the issues that are inherent here are really interesting. So the uh, saucer people have talked to pillars of power, including the U.S. government, over like uh, for the last like hundred or so years, apparently, right? Because he keeps showing that image of like the, the
1: the group of people hanging around this like weird corpse from the twenties. Yeah, that was a weird. Like, and apparently that's a picture of a picture. Also, you failed to mention his whole rant on racism. Any I leads? didn't, I mean, yeah, Did I want to talk about that shit. But once again, it's like, it's so unimportant to the grand scheme of things. Yeah. And it's like, he's trying to be a uh, quote unquote woke, but he's well, not. He's,
0: I mean, like he is and he isn't, right? So like, once again, like our new age UFO Messiah, Stephen Greer, um, CE5 app, guided meditation, um, systemic racism, like, uh, what is it like the broken clock is like, is right twice a day, right? So the military industrial complex thing, and then like the racism thing, I'm totally down with everything else can get thrown out the window. Yeah. He's, um, but so just coming back to my point, right? Like, we've been at this for 100 years. Aliens have been talking to us for 100 years. They can't stop the earth from destroying itself and weaponizing space. Like, they're not going to step in. I find it so weird and contradictory that, like, he's speaking to these UFOs using guided meditation, and yet he can't convey that they probably need to come down here
1: and, like, help us. I'm really surprised, actually, that he didn't tell us this COVID vaccine was a alien technology. I think that's uh, the COVID vaccine is manufactured consent. Okay, and um, is there a COVID? Is there a G five G way of like
0: saying like instead of like butt dialing, it's like body dialing?
1: Maybe you just wave my hand. <laughs> What's the little baggie you're holding?
0: Oh, I got earphones. Okay, uh, sorry, earplugs. So I pledged to our local community radio station, and I got a really cool um, uh, canister for earplugs. And let me just show them because they're not your your mama's earplugs. They're a little bit more sophisticated to help they're you actually, sleep. Uh, no, they're just like for going to shows when shows come back. Okay. Um, so this is what they look like here. They're ooh, like, fancy. I know. Yeah. So I I donated
1: at a certain level. I got I got these. And I'm very happy to donate what every year for you, because
0: uh, um, I care. I care.
1: Yeah. Now, the app that we download, the CE5 app, that is going to be used on smartphones, which, according to Philip J Corso would have been alien technology, right? So, yeah, there we go. I was
0: about to bring that point up, too, that, like, my favorite pit theory about, uh, you know, microwave technology and fiber optics and things like that, all relating back to the Roswell clash. Um, yeah, all all foundational stuff here for uh, our modern uh, tech, including fiber optics, right? How we're communicating with each other. The CE5 app is not only guided meditation, but apparently it's a way to network with others in the area to create, like, you know, like intentionality experiments and things like that, so... I don't know. It's just like it's like th- the U like taking UFOs and like like ramming it filled with that that book, The
1: Secret. Yeah, no, and some noetic science thrown in for good measure.
0: Yeah. Um. Speaking of noetic science, I uh in uh I didn't put this in the show notes, but I'm gonna link this to you right now. You're gonna go ahead and you're gonna help me uh, visit a website, Angelo, and I want okay. you to just keep an open mind, okay? So at the end of the documentary, there is the uh, Peace and Space Treaty website, right? So ban all space-based weapons. (laughs) I read that as penis space. For national world security, prosperity, and sustainable development, okay?
1: Okay, I'm I'm redirecting to it right now. Perfect, I'll I'll hold then. Oh, look how happy they are. Leaders of Brazil, Russia, China. So I want you to click on About Us. Oh, God. So uh,
0: what I want you to do is I want you to go to the bottom uh, to the section called Honorable Mentions. Edgar Mitchell, he's noetic science, right? Correct, which is why I was I was laughing about this. But you've got Will Miller, <laughs> you've got Paul Heller, makes sense. But then the last two made me laugh, right? So you got John Cipher, aka Major Dad, and uh, Jesse Jackson, who apparently, as part of his Rainbow Push Initiative, uh, also wants a uh, space piece.
1: General Craig and Major Dad. Oh wow! So space wow. piece, Angelo. I read that as a retired boxing executive.
0: What is strange though, is that if you go ahead and click, and cause I've read all of these, if you click the Jesse Jackson bio, um, yeah. there's no mention of him uh, explaining anywhere where he agreed to be a part of this. Also, same thing with John Seifer. Unfortunately, I, I do believe that he passed, but the fact is they couldn't find a proper picture and just decided to take a screen cap of major dad. I mean, I'm sure there'd be something on I mean so so IMDb. before I forget though, John Cypher did act as MC for the two thousand and one uh press club um um uh, uh, a bombshell meeting, right? So that's
1: fine. But you don't the, have that's a, the one that was infiltrated by Leslie Kane. Correct. You don't have a better picture than this. No, none. None exist. Also, I hate to bring this up and I'm
0: sorry because I know how much of a fan you are, but um uh, a couple a little while ago, John Rogan Joe Rogan, not John Rogan. Uh, Joe Rogan interviewed Edward Snowden, who said that he spent a lot of his time in the CIA trying to find files on aliens. And guess what, Angelo? He came found up with nothing. Nothing. Nothing interesting, which I do believe.
1: Yeah. Edward Snowden, I think, is way more trustworthy than any of these, uh, uh, we like to call them hucksters, right? Yeah. Drifters. Or grifters. Grifters. There's definitely a lot of grifting going on here. Yeah. So uh, let's take Edward Snowden's word.
0: I mm, yes, I think that at a baseline, the man who uh, revealed um, uh, several very problematic uh, security programs going on in the United States and worldwide, uh, you know, including Prism, um, uh, probably more trustworthy than the guy saying let's use guided meditation to talk to space aliens in order and to lights. get things right. We need lights. Yes, of course. We need lights and space aliens. And like, um, don't get me wrong. Like, guided meditation, intentional stuff, super cool. Great. Yeah. Helps for personal growth. Not quite sure how it works if we're going to talk to these interdimensional extraterrestrial beings.
1: We should have done that, by the way, the night Um, is uh, shine flashlights into the sky. But
0: uh, the summer is still in Swing Angelo. I'm willing to come up to your place or down technically to your place in about a month. Let us wait for it to get a little bit dark and I'm willing to try um, guided meditation with you. We should do this. We should try and find some guided meditation apps um, or like some stuff on on YouTube and then try to uh, talk to the aliens, to an alien. Let's do this as like in And like, I, I don't want to come off as cynical because I do believe that there's a lot of value in this, and I feel like I would approach this with an
1: open heart. I don't know about you, but I kind of want to give this a shot. Yeah, we can even we'll both be vaccinated by then. We'll be able to hold hands <laughs> while we wait. While we wait for the space aliens to show up
0: or just to talk to us.
1: Now it would be really bad if they did show up. And I'd then be s-
0: I did, totally didn't believe in you. I'd be totally well. I think that you and I would have a different podcast thereafter, right?
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, we'd be very much in the ce five camp.
0: So I mean, like, listen this. Bio, this this documentary slash personal video essay is free. Obviously, it's an ad for the Contact CE five app. The uh, that mention appears several times during the video. Yeah. Our our and, new and age UFO messiah, Doctor Stephen Greer, the cosmic hoax. I don't know. I'm uh, I will never
1: watch that again. No, it's terrible. Uh, including a lot of the footage you showed was some proven hoax UFOs, like or or proven not to be UFOs. Uh, one of my favorites was in there, the Phoenix lights that were actually flares that has been proven to be flares. So yeah, lots of garbage in there.
0: And we survived it. Angela, I feel like this is a good place to end episode 169, Nice of the double density podcast. Where can people find us on the internet? You've had a lot of practice with this. I hope you can get this right. doubledensitynet
1: That's our website. You can Correct. see our pictures and everything's linked there. You can even fill out a form and send us an email with it. Please do. Pretty, yeah. pretty great. You should do that. Tell us, have you watched this dumb documentary? It's terrible. Slash Don't watch it, but if you have watched it already and can't take it back, uh, send us uh, an email. Yeah, or we message. want to hear your thoughts. You can uh, send us something on Twitter at Double Density uh, nope. Podcast. Nope. Double Density? Nope. Underscore Density? Double Underscore Density. Correct. At Twitter.com. People, Slash guess me. who manages our social media? G- Not guess me. Guess who? <laughs> You can find me on Twitter, Angela Fiorin. You can find me at Brian
0: Hasty. And uh, let us uh, uh, close this loop off by telling people they can visit us on Instagram at Double Density Podcast. They can see our picture over that's there. That's the one that's Double Density Podcast. Yeah, as well as our email address, Double Density Podcast at gmail.com. Cool. So this has been it for episode 169. Nice love the Double Density Podcast. Angela, tune in next week as we try to debunk more uh, New Age thoughts and feelings uh, related to the UFO UAP community. And I'll see you around. I'll see you in the skies. I might even see you hanging around we're probably just going to talk about uips next week. we're not going to. i'm i'm trying my hardest not to do that at all. all right. see angela. bye. Content after the episode, I completely forgot to talk about this really interesting part of the documentary. So Daniel Sheehan, right? We talked about how he's Lou Elizondo's lawyer and also Homie's career. So he, after the documentary came out, posted on a statement on Facebook saying that he was mischaracterized. So he was told he was being interviewed for a 20th anniversary press club documentary. And so that's why he started talking about like different things. And he says that he was mischaracterized and that his clips were taken out of contest to push. An agenda that Greer Beck, that Sheen did not believe for, and he's backing Elizondo Mellon at all. Super weird. I thought that was super important to mention. That like one of the subjects of your documentary was lied to about the nature of the documentary, and then you cherry pick quotes to fit a narrative. Once again, not a documentary, personal video
1: essay. That says a lot about where this documentary is coming from.
0: Yeah, and I just I thought it was really important to add in, um, in that like I think it helps honestly contextualize a lot of like the way in which we view this documentary through a prism.
1: Yeah, uh, Stephen Greer, not the best of Stephens. Fit
0: for the pit. And that is truly, truly it for episode 169, nice of the Double Destiny Podcast. Let's end this thing. <laughs> All right, bye. It's one small step for man, one giant leap for man.